When we think about climate change, we're usually looking up, towards the sky, where greenhouse gases form a heat-trapping blanket over the planet. But this week on Occam's Razor, our soapbox for science, we're hearing from someone who says part of the global warming equation is found in the other direction, right beneath our feet. Here's Freya Mulvey. Let's start by taking an imaginary walk. You're in the bush, it's dry, the birds are squawking, but maybe not as many birds as you remember. And there may be a koala or two left somewhere. But I ask you to concentrate instead on the health of the soil beneath your feet. Just how healthy is that soil and does it matter? It matters plenty. We know soil is important to our food, fibre and fuel production, but I'm going to expand your soil knowledge and explain that the dirt we've cultivated, principally from agricultural practices, is a major cause of climate change. It seems kind of intuitive that the state of our land would impact local climate and cumulatively global climate, but very few people are framing the problem in this way. As climatic events continue to escalate in both frequency and intensity, we have to ask ourselves, is it, is it that we are just not doing enough? Or are we missing something? A small but growing group of soil scientists, not just me, warned that yes, we are missing something. The soil that we take for granted is dying. We can see the bushfires and the results of drought and feel the heat of the sun, but the health of the soil beneath our feet is not so obvious. I'm inviting you all to become soil security champions. By understanding the science behind soil's importance of, to climate change, why the current frameworks are not enough, and how we can care for our soil, restore our land, and thereby better regulate our climate. Agricultural practices change the landscape and are a major contributor to climate change. In Western Australia, we have the rabbit-proof fence. Forget the books or films you've seen. I want you to look at it from a different perspective. In 2005, the rabbit-proof fence became the location for the only regional-scale paired climate experiment in the world, in which the two sides of the fence hosted the world's largest experiment in climate change and desertification. One side of the fence was cleared for cropping and the other remains largely native vegetation. The side with the vegetation looks comparatively lush, just like Darwin in the wet. And the side used for cropping looks almost arid, more like Darwin in the dry. The American scientist who worked on this project named it the bunny fence experiment. They discovered that the vegetated side created more turbulent air compared to the agricultural side, making cloud formation from the condensation of water droplets high in the atmosphere more likely. Effectively, what that means is the native vegetation side had not only more vegetation, but also, and consequently, greater cloud cover. Simply, they found agricultural land use alters regional climate. The landscape either side of the rabbit-proof fence demonstrates the negative impacts of agricultural practices on soil and climate. It's a striking picture, and it will become clearer yet. So many landscapes are degraded because the soil is degraded. It's depleted. 
It cannot deliver its primary function to maintain landscape health, which in turn supports the ecosystem. It's in the soil that most biological activity occurs. It takes a long time for soil to form and regenerate, but not long at all for it to degrade. And what does that degradation include? Acidification, salination, erosion, and loss of carbon. Worse still, degraded soil drastically increases infrared radiation, a primary driver of climate change. Soil health also has a critical impact on the small water cycle, the overland cycle through which water evaporated from land falls in the form of precipitation over the same land. Soil degradation at its most extreme turns our healthy earth to desert. That picture is bleak. The state of our land changes how heat is absorbed, processed and emitted. Excess heat contributes to global warming. While what is regulating the Earth's atmosphere is multifaceted, conceptually, it's helpfully to think about this as a two-step process. There is a heat source and a blanket. The ultimate heat source is, yes, you got it, the sun or solar power. The sun's energy, solar radiation beams into our atmosphere and is foremost absorbed by the land. Greenhouse gases, including carbon, are not a source of heat. In fact, greenhouse gases are transparent to incoming solar radiation. What that means is that they only capture the sun's heat as it is exiting our atmosphere. Greenhouse gases are not the heat source, but the blanket. Greenhouse gases are the blanket that traps heat radiating out of our atmosphere. The heat source for greenhouse gases to reflect then is what the land does with the sun's energy. Degraded soil leads to increased infrared radiation. That's the heat that you can feel. Increasing the way the land processes solar radiation to create infrared radiation, or increasing the volume of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere, increases global temperatures. Increasing the size of both accelerates warming even more, having a compounding effect. More than half of Australia's total land area is agricultural, and about two-thirds of that has unhealthy soil. Globally, agriculture accounts for 38% of the land surface. We degrade our soils in many ways, but principally through predominant farming practices and land clearing. So a lot of our land is used for agriculture, and through the cumulative effect of agricultural changes to local landscape, we're increasing the infrared radiation in our atmosphere, exacerbating the greenhouse effect and thereby climate change everywhere. That's the full picture. It's a two-step process, a heat source and a blanket. Why then are so few voices crying out for recognition of the impact of soil and land on our climate? It's boiling frog syndrome. The effects have been incremental. Often individually, they are relatively inconsequential and they are spread out or diffused. The situation is not like previous problems with the environment. There aren't a limited number of specific sources of pollution which our regulations are equipped to deal with. It is a limitless number of incremental, cumulative and diffuse impact sources. It is not what a few did or do, but what many thousands do that impacts the soil and as a result, our climate.
Before the 1960s, specific environmental planning, sciences and engineering professions hardly existed. And yes, we've learned a hell of a lot, but now we need new professions and new regulations to respond to these new challenges. We need more researchers looking precisely at how landscape change adversely impacts climate. We need a multidisciplinary and ecologically focused accreditation, landscape science and engineering, and soil-specific regional planning. It's a lot to digest and a big ask, I know. Our current regulations are not equipped to deal with these kinds of intricate problems. So we also require policy and legislative change. Yes, I'm asking for even more. It is almost inconceivable that we don't have a national agricultural strategy, we don't have a national food security plan, and soil is not protected or regulated under federal law. Can you believe that Australia's premier piece of environmental legislation, the Environmental Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act, the EPBC Act, barely mentions soil? Okay, I am biased, but look at how much thought has gone into water. We take a magnifying glass to drinking water, we regulate water treatment plants, water courses, water pollution, water licenses. Water is protected and regulated under hundreds of laws. And yes, we always seem to have either too much or too little, but we are always thinking about water. It is staggering we can't say the same for soil. The key objective of the EPBC Act cannot be achieved without nurturing and securing Australia's soils. We must include soil in federal law. But I admit that may take a long time. So in practice, we must eliminate bare ground as it neg negatively affects heat exchange in our atmosphere. I'm absolutely not talking about more concrete and fake grass, but through a variety of plants. Plants and the soil work together to positively change heat exchange. And for agriculture, there must be a shift towards more regenerative practices, including implementing eco-corridors. For this same reason, to reduce stripped bare and baking land. We must treat both the heat source and the blanket. Please look to the soil beneath your feet. That was Freya Mulvey, co-author of Groundbreaking, Soil Security and Climate Change, speaking at our Occam's Razor live event at the Darwin Railway Club on Larrakia land in July. I'm Tegan Taylor, your Occam's Razor host, and I'll be back here next week with another scientist's hot take. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.